0: Um, Umgoblue.com by fans for fans since nineteen ninety nine. Hello, welcome to this edition of the um, Umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
1: Andy Anderson.
0: And today we're going to discuss Michigan's resounding victory over Rutgers by a score of forty-nine to sixteen. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that this one really never felt like it was in doubt. Um, well, Andy, what do you what do you think about this game?
1: First of all, I was glad they they won. I wanted to see Rutgers paid back for that uh, disgusting uh, de- uh, defeat that they gave us last year at their place. And they were kind of braggy about, well, our first Big Ten victory was over Michigan, that sort of stuff. And so there were lots of incentives, uh, including keeping in the Big Ten race, that were associated with that game. It was a long game, never in doubt. Michigan dominated, except uh, on special teams, and they got a 98-yarder and a nice punt return, too, from the same guy that had done it last year. He blocked the punt that lost the game for us last year, uh, the same person. So he's a he's a football player. But, uh, so a win is a win, and I'm happy with it.
0: I understand, and you know it was nice to see. um, It was nice to see Michigan kind of control a game from beginning to end, Um, and, and definitely, you know, after the trouble we'd had with Rutgers, you know, probably the most interesting thing to me was that Rutgers was was chirping when they went in at halftime about how they were going to dominate the second half, and Michigan didn't finish, and you know. Kind of, kind of kicking the bear, which, which is kind of interesting that on one hand I kind of want to admire their moxie, but on the other hand, dude, what were you, what did you think was going to happen? And I think that explained how, you know, Michigan kind of put it to them, you know, right, right at the get go, going for two in the, in the second half. Um, you know, the big thing for me is I have questions. You know, it's nice to see Michigan dominate. Um, You know, I'm wondering, you know, you have you have Riddick in there. He had definitely his best game as Wolverine. Um, You saw Spate get in and and do a little bit. And this is really the game that if there's any criticism, any minor criticism, you want to see some of the backups get in earlier and and get some meaningful time. Um, You know, I love to see Jabril out there playing pretty much everything, but... You know, I, I kind of feel the same way about him that I do about Ruddock at this point. That you know, if I, you know, I'd hate to see Peppers get hurt returning a punt late in the game, especially a meaningless game. But you know, the, the attitude that I'm picking up from Harbaugh is, you know, football players play, and I think that that while he's not opposed to getting some of your backups or getting his backup some time, you know, he's going to give the starters a chance to shine. Um, We'll have to see how that works out, you know, against Minnesota when Ruddock went out, it sure looks scary there. Um, but, you know, again, you know, they used to say around here the expectation is for the position, not the player, and Harbaugh seems to be living that. And uh, you know, so far so good. And uh so so what do you think, Andy? I think
1: Harbaugh is one of the uh, one of one of the sharpest coaches I've ever seen. He nothing passed by, it, to stir the team up, to get them going. Uh, that thing in the tunnel, he emphasized that to him at halftime. He screamed at him at halftime and told him that, hey, it's a zero-zero game, and he and he convinced them of it. So I, I think that we're just beginning to see the depth of this talent and his laser-like focus on winning that he has. I don't think things happen to Harbaugh's team that he hasn't anticipated and that he can't do something about. They make good adjustments. Their adjustments are good at halftime. I have to extend kudos to the whole coaching staff, including Baxter, except for the long runs, their lack of, of kickoff and punt coverage, special teams has been a blessing to this team all year long and they're going to do nothing but get better and you mentioned Peppers they gave him some relief because they had Lewis in their returning punts and DeMonte Thomas in their uh, kickoffs and that and uh, DeMonte Thomas in there and both of them looked very really good and Lewis was very happy he said afterwards to be able to get his hands on the football and he wants to do that every single time that he gets an opportunity. He wants to carry that football and perhaps score with it. So they've got a lot of talent a lot of dedicated people, and he is spreading it around a little bit. But the fact that they do not substitute at key positions, like Peppers, when the game is won, when it's late in the game, and give Spade, for instance, some added, game experience is a little bit of a wonder to me. Uh, that seems to go kind of against being a smart operator, but Harbaugh obviously knows more about football than I ever will, and he certainly knows all of the angles, and he's always scheming in the right ways to get that team as many victories as they can, and I think they've done so far a very good job. But this game this team could go south in the next three games. They're going to face the three best quarterbacks that they faced this year. Maybe Michigan State was as good, but the, the next three coming up are going to be very good. It's going to be a big challenge to them and they could lose any of these games, including Indiana. even though Indiana doesn't seem to have a solid defense, they've got a heck of an offense and they can score a lot of points. And Michigan is not the kind of team that can score score a lot of points unless the special teams contributes.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting because what I'm really interested to see the next couple of weeks is that you know they're heading on the road, and in years past, heading on the road has been a problem, and they have struggles. The wrong word, but they haven't been nearly as dominant on the road. There is that fair. And like you said, That's absolutely true. And and like you said, you know, this this season looks great right now. Well, you lose two or three games, and really, you kind of right back where you where you were. But the reality is, is I don't expect that from from Harbaugh's team. Now Neither do I. it's going to be interesting. You know, we talked about what happened against Minnesota and what happened against Michigan State. It's interesting how that kind of came out of the wash, and now. There's a scenario where Michigan can could still, you know, go to the the Big Ten championship game. Now, you know, things need to happen and they need to win. But it's interesting because after that Michigan State loss, they had to chew on that for two weeks before they had a chance to play because of the bye. And now, every, I want to say everything is in their control. And it's not that that it should happen, but that it can happen. And again, the first thing you got to do is you got to beat Indiana. Then you got to go up to Penn State, and then you got to come home and play the Buckeyes. And if you take care of business, that game versus Ohio State could be be huge, have huge implications for the conference. And you know, if you had told me that with three weeks remaining in the regular season. That Michigan would be in the running to go to the Big Ten championship game and that everything could come down to the Michigan Ohio State game. I don't know what else you could want.
1: I asked I asked two players this afternoon if they prepare if they do anything differently to for away games. And Joe Bolden for one told me no, they don't. They do the same things. They have the same mindset. They have the same enthusiasm. It's it's a pretty even-keeled preparation. I think that's good. When Brady was there, I asked Brady once personally, Brady, is this going to be, because it's an away game, is this going to be a rough one? And he fell into that right away and said, Oh, yeah, it is. It's very much harder to play away from home than, than it is at home in friendly Michigan stadium. So this guy doesn't have that mindset. He's gonna he's gonna try to have them going as hard as they can, no matter where they are. But the obvious fact is that they play better football. They have this year played better football away from uh, at home than they have away, and well, that's a
0: concern. Andy, I got to tell you, my favorite Brady Hoke away story, and, and I still scratch my head at this. You know, when they had the home practice, you know, hoax last season. Oh yeah. He said, oh, well, we're helping prepare for games. And I and I said, Coach, really, don't you think you need more help preparing for away games? Wouldn't it make more sense to kind of go on the road and, and do something, you know? And uh, he said, and he, he, you know, he shocked me. He said, well, you know, we did a little of that. I mean, before we played Alabama, we went to Ford Field, and that worked out pretty well. And and I just looked at him, and, and you had to scrape my jaw off of a... Uh, off of the floor because I mean to say that yeah when we 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 prepared for Alabama and that turned out fabulous and and that was just a train wreck and it I'll never forget it because it was the last question of a press conference and you know you don't get a lot of chance to follow up but he he said that he just walked off and I'm just like did he just say what I thought he said and you know it's interesting because you know, I am not going to walk back from from really liking Brady Hoke and being really excited mm-hmm. his, his first couple years, but yep. there, you know, the proof was in the pudding in a bad way that he could not prepare his teams for away games, and it wasn't just that the away games were against tougher teams. I mean, you know, again, Rutgers is not a world beater. You know, I mean, and and it's interesting to see that you know, we had some defections from this team right in the beginning. I mean, there were a couple players that Hoke... I'm sorry. There were a couple players that Harbaugh decided not to have back. There were a couple players who decided not to come back. And, you know, there were players who were miffed that they, you know, they needed to win their positions. and And, you know, you had players transfer. And usually... When you have a new coach come in and you have any kind of exodus of talented players, the team kind of takes it in the teeth. And and I was seriously worried that as things um, as things were um, you know kind of coming together, that we were going to have a really rough season this year and maybe we were going to miss some of those players. Well, you know what? Looks good. It looks good right now. And again. You, you, you can't you're not promised tomorrow you know all you have is what you have in the bank right now and what we have in the bank right now if you had told me i'd be happy with because i'd say you know and you've heard me say it on the podcast before i thought the away game was going to be a loss because it's an away game We got a new quarterback we lost but we played well i think michigan state and ohio state are le- legitimate potential losses before the season You almost beat Michigan State okay and then I figured there was one more loss in there so I really thought eight and four would have been decent and if you had split Michigan State or Ohio State then 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 I think that's a win now again it still kicks me that we lost to Michigan State and we did lose I mean you can dress it up however you want but 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 it's a loss in the record book so I look at this and I say well okay Things have kind of shaken out the way I thought they might, but I feel really good about it. I mean this is not a this is not a team that's limping to the to the to the finish line. And that was the thing that we saw in Hoke. Every year except his first year, you know, the team would peak the first six or seven games and then then just kind of hold on for dear life trying to stay bowl eligible and, and stay competitive. And that is not the impression I get from this team. This team looks like you know, even the Minnesota game, which again could have been a loss, and I would say should have been a loss, if, if Minnesota managed things better at the end. You know, Michigan gave them everything they could. I mean, it was not a it was not a blowout. It was not you know an embarrassing. Um, you know, if it had been a loss, Michigan played well, and especially when you consider especially when you consider the motivation that Minnesota had to win for for Keel, who retired that week.
1: Sure. You yeah. know. Houston is competitive, and they're going to be. It looks like they're going to be competitive in every game. I hope we can, at the end of the season, uh, include Ohio State in that. But one, one thing that was kind of going around today were, were, were questions to people like Boulder, how does it feel to have on your bench someone that goes to bat to the extent that he does when there's – problem on the field or to support his players. Uh High Law is gonna step on the throat of anybody. He he thinks that that's that's, that's uh, trying to manipulate his players or saying things about him or doing things about him. He's gonna use every motivational aspect he can. Even if he has to twist a little bit. And he's gonna play they're gonna play hard under a head. And I think they're going to play hard when they're away, but these two away games before uh, before Ohio State are problematic. They're, those are tough plays; they can be tough to win. Indiana has a legitimate offense, and you know, we'll find out how good our defensive backs really are. We'll find out how good they are there, and Hackenberg is among the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten people say. I've never really thought that deep down, but he is a good quarterback and it'll be they'll be insane there. It'll be another whiteout. out, it'll be at night. So that's a tough place to play. And then you know, finish it off with the monster from the south. Uh he's got a tough three games coming up. If they can compete in those three they're going to end up with a with a successful season because I don't think they lose all
0: three. You know, it's going to be interesting for me, and you know I know we're supposed to go one game at a time here, but when I think about Hoax games versus Ohio State, you had his last year where they really stayed with him for three and a half quarters, and you know the score got out of hand at the end. But but again, for three and a half quarters, that was a game. Then mm-hmm. you had Denards last year that they went down there and just you know couldn't 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 score in the second half couldn't do enough to win the game. Then of course you had the the gap year where you know between Trussell and and um, oh gosh I'm brain farting
1: thousand one
0: yeah you had the gap year and that was and that was Hoax win right so the question yeah. is. You know, what kind of tone is Harbaugh going to set in his first game? And again, it's going to be up to the players. But I'll tell you, you know, we said this at Harbaugh's press conference, and people have alluded to this. I I lay no special claim to this. That you really have to wonder if this is gearing up to be something really special between Michigan and Ohio State the next five or ten years. Because Ohio State is, is just a dreadnought right now. They, they show no signs of fading, and Michigan seems to be rising. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see those teams go at it and hopefully give us some old-time drama um, the way it used to be.
1: Right. It's too bad there is more parity between the East and the West. That's one failure of the way they split things up, so I don't like the way it's set up. It seems to me the West is a lot easier than the East, and we're stuck with the East forever. So uh, I wish they could put Michigan State, for instance, over on the other side, and kind of kind of ease that out, so that uh, so that maybe so that that with Michigan State gone at two best in the East, are Michigan and, and uh, Ohio State, and unfortunately Ohio State. Seems to be head and shoulders above the rest. We'll find out whether they can control their helmets well, and uh, I'm sure that Harbaugh's team is going to play a game. I think Michigan is going to begin to show the improvement that we have been talking about all year long, that this is going to be a different team at the end of the year than it was at the start. I think those those are going to come home to roost now. Starting now, hoping it Well, anyway, this is it's where disappointed in the effort of team and coaches this year. They've been great up till now, even I, though they should have beaten Michigan
0: State. Considering we have the record we have in the bank right now, the next three games will really dictate to me how successful this season could be. I mean. I oh, think absolutely. and and listen. Obviously, if they if they win out, then everybody's ecstatic. Um, here's the frustrating thing: is that say they split the next two and then beat Ohio State, that loss would probably keep them from going to the Big Ten championship, and that would be really disappointing. Um, but you know, it's interesting. You talk about the parody of, of the other division. I really I'm enjoying the parody in the East, and. Listen, mm-hmm. they're the big three, okay, obviously. There's there's Michigan State and Ohio State. We gotta give them their due right now. And you have Michigan rising. But you know, Minnesota did not surprise me that they played a good game. Now no, I don't good, I don't good Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it game in and game out. I mean, I don't expect them to win the league, but they are a team that can bite people. And I yes. I look at some of the other teams and I go, you know, it, it you really have the East as being the cream of the Big Ten. I can live with that. I I, I really can. Um, I would much rather have our have our slate of division games than the slate of games in the other. Um, you know, I can live without Wisconsin. I can live without you know um, Iowa every all the time. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I look at it and I go, you know, I, I look at how we split out, and you're right. It's not. It's not. It's. It's not. Even, but again, you know, I, I love the way, you know, that I think, you know, this division is really standing up as one of the best divisions in football. Now,
1: hey, I mean, if, if it is, if if it is as good as we think it is, then every time this division should beat the West in the
0: championship game. That's exactly you right. Know,
1: that's exactly right. And,
0: and you know, I always said about the SEC, the SEC would whine that, well, our number two team should get into the playoff too. And I said, No, 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 listen. If you're that much better, your whatever team you send to the send to the playoffs should win. Okay? You shouldn't need two balls in the in the hopper, okay? And and that's the same way I do feel that way. I mean I unless now, let's just say that somehow, you know, Ohio State or Michigan Limp into the championship game and, and have like a player get injured, have a, have a critical player get injured the week before. Okay? You know, hit, lose your quarterback, or if you're Ohio State, lose three quarterbacks, you know, heading into the championship game. Um, now, I could see something like that, you know, possibly, you know, tilting the scales. Um, but you know what? Line it up, play the games, and, uh, you know, we're, every team's playing the same amount of games. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about next week, and I'm excited about, um, you know, the prospects of, you know, you know what I'm really excited about, Annie, is that if you think back the last three out of the four last years, okay, and again, we're talking about except for Hoax first year. This was the time of year where you were just cringing. I mean, you were just holding on by your fingernails, hoping. That one was beating a stretch. Yeah, ho- well, yeah, and again, last year everything went to pot. But, I mean, in the previous years, during this whole stretch, you were basically just holding on for dear life, hoping, hoping that something would happen. And yet knowing you could kind of see it sliding away. And of course, last season it slid away hard. Um, I don't. I mean, I feel hopeful right now, and, and that's a nice change,
1: Listen, we got a dog in the we got a dog in the hunt. That's all. I mean, uh, they have as good a chance as anybody else. The games are yet to be played. they be competitive. They got good coaching. They might not win them, or they might win them. But the chance is there. They're not on the ropes at this time of year. And they should be rising. And we've been saying all year that they're going to be better at the end than they were at the first. Well, we'll see if that's a true statement or not. going to be interesting.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue.